Jejanendra, let's start with the Nokar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantaram, Om Namo Sitanam, Om Namo Ayadhyanam, Om Namo Jayanam, Namo Loisa Vasadhyaya, Eso Panchanamakaro, Sava Pava Panasano, Mangalalancha Savasin, Paramam Hare Mangalam, Paramam Hare Mangalam. So we know quite a bit about physical hygiene thanks to microbiology. We know and accept that we have to expend time and energy on daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly tasks to take care of our long-term and short-term physical needs. Those things, of course, include taking a shower, which is a daily task, brushing teeth, which is a daily or twice-daily task, doing laundry so we can wear clean clothes, I guess that's weekly, taking care of our nails, let's call that monthly, physical exercise, let's call that weekly, and we aspire to for that to be a daily task. We don't always get there though. We have to check our body for lumps and bumps and cuts and things like that. Let's call that monthly task. And we have to monitor our long-term aches and pains. We have a checkup every year, so let's call that a yearly task. We know relatively little about mental hygiene. And the reason is that there's greater variation in the problems people experience. So a standard regimen of mental hygiene can't be disseminated to everybody. The assumption is that you're healthy until problems occur. And that's really a shame because assuming everyone is healthy until proven otherwise prevents us from teaching extremely basic preventative concepts such as coping with stress, positive self-talk, that is how you talk about yourself. What is your self-image, how you perceive yourself, how to relax, I mean, can we assume that everybody is just healthy and until they're not relaxed, they need to learn how to relax? I mean, that's ridiculous, right? We would teach our children how to cope with stress. We know that our children are going to experience stress in their lives, so we should teach them how to cope with that. How to concentrate. Identifying the mental state you're in and getting out of negative mental states. How to deal with anger. I mean, do we just assume everybody is not going to get angry and, and until they have an anger problem, then we have to teach them about anger? No, that's ridiculous. But we don't do any of that. Has anybody received any instruction in any of these things? So I could go on and on, but you guys get the point. Everyone has to deal with these issues, but nobody's received instruction in any of these kind of mental hygiene concepts. I'm not asking for one-size-fits-all answers. I'm just asking for tools for everyone to put in their toolbox. And everyone knows that some tools will work for some people, and the same tools won't work for other people. But somehow we're afraid to give people tools at all. Does anybody know why? Why do we not give people tools for their toolbox and say, hey, if Try this, 
to deal with your anger. And if that doesn't work, try this. And if that doesn't work, try this. And one of these will work. Anybody? It's really hard to solve this one for everyone actually. And also, um, we can only suggest when that doesn't make sense for you. Know? So, uh, it, it's hard. It's different for everyone. Right, it's different for everyone. I'll grant you that. But why can't we give people the different kind of tools to fill up their toolbox? Because one of them will work. Actually, we, uh, I mean, based on my experience, we don't even actually come up with any of those ideas or we even actually consider any of those things to, you know, come up with. We just consider it as a part of our life, you know, evil and by himself. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're throwing everybody in the deep end of the pool and saying they'll swim with the concepts, with the as important concept as mental health and mental hygiene. Thank you for everybody just joining us. Today we're talking about spiritual hygiene. And we started with physical hygiene and we're, we're the middle part here, we're talking about mental hygiene. And we're talking about how it's still in its infancy. We still don't, even the term mental hygiene, we have to explain to people. Whereas if I tell you the term physical hygiene, I don't have to explain that at all. So if mental hygiene is in its infancy, then spiritual hygiene is non-existent. As you know, the purpose of this class has always been and will always be to take Jainism outside of these, this classroom, these four walls, and into your life to improve the quality of your life. After all, if religion is not improving the quality of your life, then it's not doing you any good. So to that end, we've developed a, I'm, we are going to develop a personalized spiritual hygiene regimen for you. So I sent to the group this piece of, this uh, PDF. So if you don't have it, uh, feel free to go ahead and print it out. Uh, can everybody access it? Can everybody see it? We're gonna be talking about this today. You can pull it up on your computer too. So at the top is your toolbox, okay? And we're gonna to take tools out of your toolbox and write them in the bottom section. At the bottom is your regimen. These are going to be your daily spiritual tasks, your weekly spiritual tasks, and I want you to write in on which day of the week you're going to perform these. Your monthly tasks, I want you to write in which day of the month you're going to perform these, and your yearly tasks. I want you to write in which date you're going to perform these. Hey, come on in. We're talking about spiritual hygiene today. Of course, we all know about mental or uh, physical hygiene. Almost nobody knows about mental hygiene. And we have uh, five people online. All right. <laughs> uh, let me get you a pen. No, I got it. I, got, I, got, I, got. I have a pen. That's okay. So we are going to make a personalized spiritual regimen for you. So we have... Come on in. We're talking about spiritual hygiene today. We're gonna to make a per personalized spiritual regimen for you. Right. Just like you have a physical and maybe a mental regimen. <laughs> so we have, at the top we have tools in our toolbox. All right. And at the bottom we have your regimen. 
So the, the idea is to write down the tools from the top somewhere in the bottom. You don't have to do all of them. There are too many tools. Okay, so, and you, and you certainly don't have to do um, most of them. But we'll go and explain each one. And we'll write down our daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly regimen. And I want you to write down the day of the week you're going to perform it, the date of the month, and the date of the year. And just do the things that interest you. That's going to be the best way to do this. If something looks interesting, then do it, do, then write that down. Um, okay, so our first tool in our toolbox is prayer. If you're interested in this, I recommend you write it down daily. Hey, come on in. I know, you. this class is becoming more and more paperwork for you guys. <laughs> Okay, so our first tool in our toolbox is daily. Question. Yes, question. Uh, when you are writing it down, I mean, is this like what we are going to do it starting from future, like the future, or is it like what we are doing? Tomorrow. Starting today. Bhavish. Okay, Bhavish. Who's that? Bhavish. This is really good. Yeah, I like it. So our first tool is prayer. I recommend if you choose that one, we write it down as a daily one. We yeah. can, that's one of the few that we can do daily. Our next one is Pratikaman. I mean, we should probably write it that one. I guess that would be a yearly one. If you are interested, you don't have to write all of them down. I don't recommend you write all of them down. Okay, just the ones you're interested in, the ones you think. Because if you write, what happens is you write all of them down, you're never going to do any of them. And this paper will not be worth anything to you. Uh, our next tool in our toolbox is fasting or eating less. If you're ambitious, you can write it in monthly, but if not, maybe yearly. Okay. Meditation. Uh, we can try, maybe aspire to start out with weekly and aspire to daily, just like physical exercise, and start small. Okay. You have to start with five minutes. You guys, if you've never done meditation before, you don't know how hard five minutes is, okay? So you start small, start with five minutes, okay? And then work your way up. And then even if a lot of people start with five minutes, they say, oh, I can do five minutes easy. They're actually not meditating for five minutes. That's how hard it is. That you get fooled into thinking you're doing it for five minutes. Our next one is mindfulness. That is a good candidate for a daily, for our daily regimen. Hey, come on in. Hi, extra booster. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so mindfulness is a good opportunity for a daily one. Thank you. Puja, remember puja is a physical manifestation of prayer. But how do you measure mindfulness? I mean That's that's a um, interesting question. You can't measure it. You have to measure it based on how good it's working for you and how much you catch yourself being lost in thought. That's a great way to measure it, is make a tally mark each time you're lost in thought. That is, your, that is your brain has captured your attention instead of you directing where your attention goes. That's a good way to measure mindfulness. I, I have to try something on the mindfulness. Yes. Whenever you go out of your house and whenever you come back in, how 
was the, the, the suggestion come. was every time no you leave your house mm-hmm. and every time you come back in, recite one Nokar mantra. Yeah. And that will kind of make you mindful of remember when we recite prayers, we're supposed to be thinking about the meaning of the prayer and what the words we mean, right? Because yeah. it's easy to think about something else and then say a prayer. In fact, most of us do it all the time. We probably just did it for 20 minutes in the main hall, right? So, so, so just an uh, example, uh, reciting Nokar when leaving, uh-huh. that is one thing that my parents have ingrained in my uh, brain. Okay, uh-huh. While I was growing, they kept telling Nokar Ganina Jawab. And every time when you are going out to a point that it is now a habit, I open the door, I automatically say, I pause for a few seconds, say that, and I leave, and, and I think it's great, right? So, But if it's become that ingrained, then it has done counter to its purpose. That as is, far as you are doing it without thinking about it. Fair, and so it, it may not be categorized as mindfulness, right? but it is something, at least it's a good habit, instead of just not thinking, uh, it's at least related to the religion. So Right. So our next one I have jokingly called so, Open the uh, Book. Uh, yes. you are not mindful anymore right so I guess you have to keep changing your things that you do so the next one is of course Swadhyay or self-study I have jokingly called it opening the book because nobody opens the book so you have to put that yearly because nobody you're not going to do it monthly or weekly or daily if you can do it once a year then you're getting somewhere okay the next one is charity Maybe that can be a good yearly goal is charity, donating, deciding where to donate and make it a family thing. That way you get your kids understanding why you do charity and um, things like that. You know, let them decide, hey, where should we donate money to? Um, Give them a hundred dollars to donate. You know how excited they'll be to donate a hundred dollars to a pet shelter or a food center or... Uh, the Jane Center or anything that they, they'll be happy to make a decision and take ownership of it, right? <clears throat> the next one is fighting anger, ego, deceit, and greed. Um, so I don't have time to like, li- I didn't have space to list all of these things. And so you kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to do based on your life. So maybe you can. So, who remembers how to fight anger, ego, deceit, and greed? You do it with nonviolence, contentment, truthfulness, and humility, right? Those are our weapons against anger, ego, deceit, and greed. And that's in the book. 
So think of, so instead of just writing that down like here on the sheet, you got to write down something specific that pertains to your life. Okay, you can't just write down fight angry, go to see it and greed every month on the fifteenth of each month because you're not going to do it. Okay, so maybe uh, who who can give me a good idea? Maybe pick one day and tell no lies, even little white lies that you might tell to your spouse. Just pick one day out of the year. Maybe you can write that down yearly. And that'll be fun for you. Because remember, Jainism is supposed to be fun, right? Does anybody remember that? Our next tool is our five codes of conduct. <clears throat> Does anybody remember those? I was going to have you guys look them up as I brought them up, but nobody brought their book. <laughs> Went in that kid's backpack, so that's a problem. <laughs> okay, our next tool in our toolbox is the five samitis, or five types of carefulness. Does anybody know what those are? <clears throat> All right, I got an easy one for you guys. Our next tool in our toolbox is five the five vows. What are the five vows? Ahimsa, so on. Yeah, and so on. Yeah, those ahimsa, are the details. Well, satya. Um, sorry, it goes ahimsa, satya, aparigraha, um, <laughs> in Hindi, but um, and I'm missing one. So non-violence, true. Uh, no stealing. I think I missed not stealing. Oh, so, so yeah, sorry. Okay, so our five vows are non-violence, non-lying, non-stealing, non-attachment, and certain forms of celibacy, right? So you can't just write five vows. You got to pick one and pick one how it applies to your life and write that as a daily, weekly, monthly, or yearly goal. Thanks to everybody who's just joining us. We're talking about a spiritual hygiene and creating a spiritual regimen for you. We all know about physical hygiene. Most of us don't know about mental hygiene. We talked a little bit about that at the beginning. And almost none of us have heard of spiritual hygiene because we invented it just now. <clears throat> On this September 11th, 2022, we invented spiritual hygiene. Congratulations. You're the first ones to participate in this program. Other vows, remember, not just the five vows, we are human beings, and one of the things we can do is that animals can't do, and I think not even heavenly or hellish beings can do, is take vows. And so we ought to take advantage of that by taking other types of vows, such as a vow to say the Nokar Mantra every day. Another tool in our toolbox are the 12 Bhavnas. Anybody remember what those are? <clears throat> Another tool in our toolbox are the 35 qualities. These are all in the book, in case you don't remember. And a lot of these overlap, right? We, they're not like discrete. Each one of them is not discrete in and <clears throat> unto itself. So a lot of them overlap, such as our next tool, curtailing desire. But I just put this in there to stimulate your mind about what you can do to create a spiritual regimen for you. Okay, you got to pick a date. 
You got to pick a date of the year to do these things. Yes, because you're not going to do it later. This is my gift to you is time to fill this out. Nobody is going to. I'm giving you the most precious gift of all. And if you put it off till later, guess what? Later today, you're going to have to eat lunch. You're going to have to make sure the kids homework is done and packed. You're going to have to do that. I'm giving you this time to fill this out. So, yes, you have to write the date that you're going to do it. Our next tool is physical hardship. Put yourself through some physical pain to remember, to remind yourself that your soul is not your body and you are your soul. <clears throat> Our next tool is modesty. That has more to do than just dress. That has to do with, uh, uh, although it includes dress, it has to do with how you act too. Our next tool that we can use in our spiritual regimen is volunteering or service. This is another great opportunity to get your family involved. Maybe they want to pick how you volunteer. Maybe they want to be involved in the decision. <clears throat> that could be a, that's a good candidate for a yearly one. Our next tool is going Jane vegan. That's a good candidate for a yearly one or maybe a monthly one. Maybe aspire to be monthly. Is pick a day where you're going to eat nothing but Jane vegan food. But don't choose it on the same day that you pick fasting. Because then you're <laughs> cheating. <laughs> or you could do it last night. Do the... That's still cheating. You got to figure out three <laughs> meals. You got to figure out three Jane vegan meals. <clears throat> okay, our next tool is no smoking or drinking. So obviously this overlaps with a bunch of the ones on the list, but I just kind of was brainstorming and what what can stimulate your mind, right? So yeah, pick one day where you don't smoke or you don't drink or you don't do some other vice. That's a good one for a weekly, you know? That's a good one for a weekly, a weekly challenge as part of your spiritual regimen. The next one is ripped right from this class. I have to laugh when I wrote it down. Believe you're a soul. Most of us don't believe we're souls. So if you pick one day out of the month to act like you're a soul, then if you keep faking it, one day you'll make it. What does that mean to you? How would you live your life differently if you believed you were a soul? No emotions, no attachment, like a monk. Follow everything about. <laughs> if you believed you were a soul, your life would totally change. I guarantee <clears throat> it. And you would be forced, You once you believe you're a soul, you would realize that the way you've been living your life is a lie. And you would change your actions to comport with what you believe that is your soul. That is the best way to, that will boost your spiritual progress by leaps and bounds. You would not believe how far you would go if you would believe your soul. 
Our next tool is to get rid of attachments. Of course, this is non-attachment, which is one of the five vowels, but I wrote this down separately. Yes. That's not true. You're actually, your life would become more enjoyable when you believe you're a soul. Because one of the properties of your soul is infinite bliss. And once you start believing you're a soul, you start noticing little things around you. You start noticing how nobody else believes they're a soul and what they do and what you would do differently. You start, uh, once you start believing you're a soul, you start understanding the things in this book are the truth. And you will go through this book in two days at most because you understand that everything here is to help you and you feel so good and you feel so amazing so I strongly disagree it may seem to other people that your life has become more boring just like it seems to us what do monks do all day that must be so boring they sit they wake up at 5 a.m. they do their meditation for two hours they take two things for breakfast they tend to the temple they do one speech, you know, then they uh, do meditation for another four hours, and then they have one, three things for dinner, and then they clean up their area, and then they go to sleep. What kind of a boring life is that? I guarantee you the quality of their life is something you will never experience in your life. I guarantee you the amount of fun they're having is something you have never experienced before. So I strongly disagree with that. No, we have some time. Okay. So, uh, you know, like, uh, and my, my daughter is like now 12 years old. So, sometimes she does get bored and then I say, okay, uh, you know, watch movie or, you know, you want to meet your friends. Or like yesterday there was a concert, a concert, music concert. And do you want to go? So, you know, sometimes I feel like she's getting bored and I suggest that the things which actually I know that uh, may take her different, you know, the thinking and all. So what do you suggest in that case? Because the kids get bored, you know, uh, uh, very quickly uh, if they don't have anything and their peers are doing something else. I said, so the question is, my kids get bored and I suggest different things like hanging out with their friends, going to a concert, going to a movie, but I know in my gut that that's not right. And what should I suggest if they get bored? And you should do things together you should do a type of meditation or mindfulness together with her because once you experience the quality of your mind you will never be bored again that is once you learn to pay attention to thoughts that your subconscious is delivering to your conscious mind and trying to capture your attention so your brain can strengthen those neural connections once you understand how your brain is trying to enslave your soul, which is the thing that pays attention to your thoughts, you will never be bored again. Okay. And that's a big ask for a 12-year-old, right? That's a very big ask, but you got to start somewhere. So I would start with doing mindfulness and meditation with her 
and try to impress upon her how she will never be bored again if she learns it. And it's hardest at first. The curve is not like this. It's not like it's easier and it gets harder with time. The curve is, it's hardest at the very beginning and then it gets easier with time. Sorry, like this. The curve is like that. So it's always hardest at the beginning. That's why the first two minutes of meditation are always the hardest. But once you can meditate for two minutes, you can easily meditate for five and then you can easily meditate for 10. And so our last tool is blank because this is your list, right? I just, these are just ideas to stimulate your mind. This is to remind you that maybe there are tools that you want to write down in here. Maybe there's tools that you want to put here daily, weekly, monthly, yearly for your spiritual regimen. So write down any tools that you want and tell me, this is version one of the document. Um, does anybody want to add any tools or have I stimulated your mind that I can write down in version two of the document? Should I write anything down at the top of this toolbox list? I'm taking suggestions. <clears throat> Sisters, 
Sure. Thank you. All of that is definitely in the book. Um, and so, yeah, we, but we definitely uh, could use that list. Um, so I want to mention that not all of these tools are going to work for everybody, just like we talked about at the beginning. But I guarantee that some of these tools will work for you, okay, to make your life better. And does anybody have any questions about how these tools in the toolbox will make your life better. Because this is very important to me that you understand. Because often we view these things as kind of chores that we have to do. And that really stops us from doing that. So for example, how does charity make your life better? On the surface, it just seems to make you poor for no reason. So you need to understand how, so can anybody tell me, how does charity make our life better? I think uh, when we do charity, uh, we feel good about it and we feel like we are doing something good and also making someone's life good. So uh, it just gives a good feeling. And karma. And, and also we learn that, uh, you know, how, how uh, lucky we are. Yes. Yes, Samprati. I was I was just gonna say, adding on to uh, to those comments, um, I would say that it also maybe embodies some like non-attachment. Um, you know, if you if you've been saving some money or if you've been saving some time or whatever it is for anything materialistic, you know, if you can part with that that uh, you know you you reduce the attachment for whatever. You wanted to do with that good or quantity or time or whatever it is and you can use it for something that can actually benefit someone else so right yes Sunday. so dan punya is one and then also kar- karma's nijara happens or uh, that is in the process when you do charity great so i really want to so now we talked about that so does anybody have any questions about how any of these tools in our toolbox make your life better? Because that's what I want to impress upon you, is that adopting a spiritual regimen will increase the quality of your life. It won't decrease it. So it may be easy to think, oh, I got to do this daily thing. And no, I promised I would myself I would do this weekly thing. And why do I have to do it? And I don't understand. If you understand how these make your life better, then all I'm doing is giving you an excuse to make your life better, which you should have been doing anyway. <laughs> just like I'm gifting you time, I'm just gifting you a piece of paper. I'm gifting you a chance to make a promise to yourself that you should have made it be, been doing anyway. But we don't. And that's the crux of it, right? We don't do these things. We know intellectually that they'll make our life better. We don't know it. We don't believe it on some kind of a deeper level other than intellectually because we don't believe we're a soul. We think that, oh, okay, I kind of got to go to the temple today. I got to bring my kids. Maybe I'll pop by dad's class and see what Thimmer has to say to this week, right? We don't believe we're a soul. So any comments or questions about anything we talked about? So, uh, I mean, as you said, we all know these things, but when we discuss more about it, 
Right. It will, that's the whole purpose of this class is we can, it's easier to do it together than to do it alone. Any comments or questions about anything we talked about? Why we should adopt this? If you have any suggestions for more tools I can put at the top here. Um, or if you have any <clears throat> questions about which task is a daily, weekly, monthly, or yearly task. Does anybody want to share anything we have? I got to get, get you out of here in four minutes. Does anybody have anything that you want to share? It looks like you wrote a lot. Like that's, I think you <laughs> filled it out a little bit too much there. Are you going to do all that? I cheated here because I'm sort of vegan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I made that my daily thing. Prayer, I do it already every evening before I go to sleep. So I cheated. Great. Okay. <laughs> Does anybody have anyone, anyone they want to share? Tim, would exercise be one? Exercise as a spiritual hygiene element. No, I don't think so. Because, you know, I think that people that do exercise, sometimes the stress goes away. So part of that mental part of refocusing your effort on your spiritual path could be there. But that could be totally wrong. I think exercise goes into physical hygiene. I think you have made the case that it can be part of mental hygiene. I don't think you've made the case that it can be part of spiritual hygiene. Okay. And, uh, Jim, I Oh, great tool, uh, Tech Free Day. Uh, it, it allows us to, in fact, I, I was uh, listening to one of the speakers and, and they said our attention span have gone uh, down because this technology has gone up. Being the mindful has gone down, our attention span has gone down as technology has gone up. And to be honest, one thing that's keeping away from meditation and doing the things that we should have been doing and, and the people so much for your time today i know we got to get to the open house for the kids i really appreciate you coming and i hope that you can use this and make this a part of your life and start a spiritual regimen for yourself thank you